Great to see everybody today. We are going to talk about relationships again today for just uh, one last time. I'm actually trying to gauge um, some responses that I've gotten back, although I haven't been nailed uh, so far from last week's message, so that's a great thing for me. I actually feel really good about that. But, uh, you know, some people have said to me we'd actually like to hear more about relationships. I'm trying to gauge how much of um, interest that is in it. So if you'd like to hear more about it, you know, let me know so I can figure out is this something, because we're planning, we're not going to, next week we're done, we're starting on a whole other thing. So uh, let me know, and uh, we'll plan it sometime in the future, a couple months from now. Today we want to talk about the greatest resource that every single marriage has, according to God. The greatest resource. I've been thinking about this. Man, I'm thinking, when I do weddings from now in the future, I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating this idea. I just did one last night that... I give every single couple that I officiate in their wedding a calendar, and on the front of it put like some kind of danger sign. Do not ignore this. Do not ignore this. Give them a calendar, because what you do with your time is so important. Your time in a marriage is the greatest resource. And I know it's, oh man, that's a broken record. Well, somebody needs to unbreak that record and just keep playing it over and over and over again. Time is the greatest resource that every marriage has. This past week, I, I read through the book of the Song of Solomon in the Bible. Read the whole thing. It's only eight chapters long. Read it. Wow, that's a smoking hot book. I mean, it is the raciest book that is in the Bible. If you've never read that book, you need to read the book, The Song of Solomon, in the Bible. Some people say it is too hot to actually be in the Bible. And what I say to them is, you know, we talked about this last week, that marriage and romance is God's idea. That's why you find that book in there, the Song of Solomon. It's God's idea. Marriage. When a marriage is working right, when it's working the way that God intended it to work, it's working that right way. Marriage is awesome. It's fantastic. It is absolutely incredible. I don't want to belabor this point because I got into it a little bit last week, all right? When you think, everybody, think this has been hitting me. I don't know if it's hitting you as I talked about it last week, but it's hitting me so hard. I've never quite wrapped my brain around this in the past. When the world was perfect, when there was no sickness, when there was no disease, when there was no lack of anything, there was no poverty, there was no fighting, there was no crime, there was no sin, when absolutely everything was perfect, it was total perfection in the Garden of Eden, God said as He looked at Adam, there is something wrong with this world. This guy needs to get married. Whoa. Think about that a second. In a perfect world, God says it's imperfect. Now, I want to take a quick time out. For those of you who are single... I want to, you got to hear me, hear me, crystal clear. You do not have to get married to be a first-class citizen with God, okay? Some people think, oh, man, I'm single, you know, God's all about the married people. No, not at all. You know, Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians makes the famous statement, I, I, I wish all of you were single just like I was. And theologians call the Apostle Paul the greatest Christian to ever walk the face of the earth. You don't have to get married to be a first-class citizen with God. You don't have to get, be married to be a first-class citizen. Uh, I can't speak for all churches. Let's just talk about this church community, this church community here, okay? 
And if you ever feel that there's anything different with that, like, you know, you're feeling that way or something's going on here, please come and see me and I will correct that situation immediately, as long as you're not freaking out and being oversensitive. Okay. All right. Why stay married? That's their, that's our title day. Why stay married? Because most marriages are awesome. With a little bit of hard work and some regular maintenance, most marriages are absolutely awesome. Do not pay attention to so much negative press that is out there and all the little comments that people make and the jabs that marriage takes all the time. And does marriage take jabs all the time? Man, it takes jabs, all, particularly to men particularly to men. Men here, whether they're in the office someplace or a locker room or they're listening to sports radio station, they hear the jabs of marriage. I'm listening to sports radio station, as I do sometimes. I'm listening to it. And you know the audience of a sports radio station is what? Who, who primarily listens to it? Men or women? Primarily men. And so national broadcast, this is national, right? It's an ESPN deal, coast-to-coast thing. Men all across America are sitting in their cars in their office somewhere, and they're listening to it. And the guy, is ta- he, st- he starts talking about marriage. And he says, he says this. Now, don't, don't, don't allow yourself to get political with me for a second, okay? Just forget that, all right? Th- hear, what I'm really tr- hear what he's really trying to say. He says, I'm 100% for gay marriage. Let all gay people get married. Why should we be the only people who are miserable? What did men across America hear? That marriage is miserable. And those thoughts that go into our brain, they eat away at our brain. Marriage is miserable. Marriage is miserable. It is not miserable. Not in God's eyes. And if you'll sit down and you talk to a lot of men or you read the studies, a lot of research has been done on marriage. There are a lot of men who are very happily married. We talked about last week. Men do better on so many levels that are married. Marriage is a good thing. I want that to be clear. I want to read you Hebrews 13.4. This is what God, this is what the Bible thinks about marriage. Hebrews 13 says, marriage should be honored by all. Should be honored. Shouldn't be dishonored. Shouldn't be torn down. Shouldn't have all this negative stuff thrown at it all the time. It should be honored by all people. You know what the word honor there means? It means to greatly esteem. It means to respect. It means to give high value to. Everybody should honor marriage that way. And we all got to be careful. I got to be careful. Because sometimes I joke around about my marriage. I've got to be careful with that. You know, not that I have to stop playing around all the time, but I have to be careful with that. I have to be careful with that because it should be honored by all. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for this subject we're going to talk about today, something that you are uh, really into, uh, Lord. Obviously, as we read through the Bible, that's clear. Uh, Speak to us. Help us today in Christ's holy name. Amen. Okay. I brought in a, uh, a visual aid uh, with me today. Who knows what this is? Huh? Yeah. WWD40. All right. What do you use this for? Shout it out. What do you use it for? Squeaks. Huh? It says on here that it cleans and it protects. You know, the WD40, they have their own fan club. There's over 2,000 uses for WD-40. If you go on the WD-40 website, you'll read that there's a guy who had a snake, a bus driver. He had a snake that had wrapped itself around his bus. And how did he get it off? 
WD-40. You'll find that there's a police officer that they were, I don't know if the guy was had stolen something while they were chasing the guy, and he had squeezed himself in a tight spot, and he was stuck, and they couldn't get him out. What did they use? WD-40. What does WD-40 stand for? Who knows what WD-40 stands for? Anybody in the house, please. Water displacement, the 40th attempt. That was not some marketing company that came up with that crafty name, WD-40. That was some scientist back in the 50s that worked for Rocket Chemical Company in San Diego, California. This is the only product they ever produced was WD-40. They made it to coat the outside of the Atlas missile. Because what happens is when you coat this on the outside of this rocket, it keeps it from corroding. It keeps it uh, living long and lasting, all those kind of things. That's what WD-40 does. And so uh, they used it, and all their employees started taking it home and using it on stuff. And so the owner of the company says, you know, what if we put it in an aerosol can? So back in the late 50s, they put it in some aerosol cans, started selling out of the back of their trunks. Today, this is the only product that rocket chemical ever made was WD-40. You ever seen a rocket launch? Anybody ever seen a rocket go up? My sister was married in Florida, uh, not too far from Cape Canaveral, a number of years ago. And the morning after the wedding, uh, the shuttle went up. And it was a crystal clear morning. We're about 20 miles away, and it is an incredible sight. You could feel the rumble from 20 miles away, and you just see this rocket just shoot straight up in the sky. It is so awesome to see. If, if you ever get a chance to do it, you, you've, you've got to go and see it. You know what, everybody? Marriage. Marriage is intended by God to be a rocket, to take us to places that we would never have dreamed of, to see sights. You've seen the pictures of the astronauts or whatever. They go up and take pictures of the earth. That is an incredible sight. That's what marriage is intended to be. But what happens when we don't coat it down with enough WD-40? That rocket corrodes. People say, you know, the thrill is gone. The fire has gone out. We have grown apart. You know, marriage will do what marriage has always done when you don't coat it with enough WD-40. It is going to corrode. They always have done that. You have to give it the time necessary that it needs. Okay, I have some just really practical points I want to go over with you this morning because I want to get to something that uh, God really put on my heart to do this week. And that's really what I want to get to. But in the meantime, I want to cover a couple practical points about time and how important it is. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That is such, you know, that is those verses there. Um, I haven't done thousands of weddings, but I've done quite a few weddings, and I've heard those verses so many times. And the deal with hearing, love is patient, love is kind, it's forgiving, blah, 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 you know, this kind of stuff. You become so familiar with it that you stop really thinking about the depth and the beauty of those words. Now, I've said this so many times before, but I want to say it again. When I look in the dictionary, I open a Webster's Dictionary for the definition of a word. I always look for what is the first one, because to me, that first one always carries the most of the weight. So what does God say to us? Love is patient. Now, I always looked at those words and said, that's a negative, because I don't like to wait. I don't like sitting around a doctor's office. I don't like waiting for this. You know, I go nuts. I'm waiting 30 seconds, and I'm like, hey, come on, you know, can, can we hurry up? Right? That's just the way I am. That's the way a lot of us Washingtonians are. We don't like to wait. So when I read love is patient, I think, oh, my gosh, you know, this is such a negative 
right? I got to approach my wife with this. I'm already, I'm already negative, right? I'm already negative. But you know what? God meant it in a positive way. Because what God simply is saying is, love is time. Love is time. You want to have great love, you want to have a great marriage, then you've got to give it time. You've got to coat it down with WD-40. And if you don't coat it down with the WD-40, it's not going to be everything it's intended to be. It will not be a rocket ship. It like lay on the ground and spin around. It won't go anywhere because it needs, it needs time. You know what the Bible says to us about time? It says this, the psalmist writes in Psalm 90, he says, Teach us to make the most of our time. Amen. Isn't that the truth? We are busy Washingtonians. Nobody's going to create more time for you. Nobody's going to create more time for me. I struggle with this just like you. Chris and I went out last night, did this wedding. She came with, she came with me last night. We said, we're going to have a date. Now, listen, we were so busy. I've been so busy the past couple weeks. And I was, I, my day started 8.30 in the morning yesterday, and it didn't end until like midnight last night. And it was not, there was no time for us to go on a date. But you know what I knew? I knew that we needed to stop and go on a date. I knew that we needed to put the two of us on, and so we sat down, we said, how's things going? We said, they're not going well. They're not going well. You know why they're not going well? We don't have time for each other. We said, you know what? We're going to put ourselves in the calendar every single week. We picked a day, and we said, that's it. We're just going to have to learn to say no. Because time, God help us to make the most of our time. Ephesians chapter 5, I love this verse. It says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And then what does it say? Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We live in evil days. And I don't mean evil for all the other stuff that we could talk about evil. I'm talking about we live in evil days when it comes to time, don't we? There are so many demands on us, and the opportunities aren't shrinking. They're increasing. And all of those opportunities to take your time, they're just going to take away from the love that you have for each other. So how do we make the most of our time? I just want to give some practical tips this morning. What we can do without creating more time, what can we do with the time that we already have to make the most of it? It's very practical. You make the most of every opportunity when you say hello. So if you want to write that in, this is really important, everybody. How do you say hello to each other? You come home from work, whether she comes home from work or he comes home from work. How do you say hello to each other? You know what? In your house, the family dog should not be the happiest person to see the spouse walk in. Dogs running around with a tail wagging. You know, could we do that? Could we beat the dog out one time? You know, Paul says in Romans 16, we should greet each other with a holy kiss. You know what? You set the tone for your marriage. When you see each other at the end of the day, do you run up like the dog does? Do you run up like a kiss each other? So good to see you home. I, why can't we do that? Instead of walking in, how was your day? Oh, You know, be genuinely excited about seeing each other. The way you say hello sets the tone. It's very important. The way you say hello. How about this? The way you say goodbye. The way you say goodbye. You know, rather than running out the door, we're such in a hurry, just boom, all, you know, all he hears or all she hears is the door slam and they're gone. What if you say, hey, goodbye, I love you, I miss you, little smooch, something like that. The way you say hello and the way you say goodbye sets the tone for your marriage. It makes the most of your time. The way you say hello, the way you say goodbye. How about the way you say goodnight? 
the way you say good night. This is this is so practical. It's so simple, but it is it makes such a difference the way we say good night to each other. Do we say good night to each other by listening to the news and all the depression that's there in the news? Do we say good night to each other by watching sports? Lord help us if we're watching about the Redskins and what's going. I I don't I. I can't. I couldn't even read out of my burgundy and gold Bible this past week. I had to put the burgundy and gold Bible down. I was so depressed after last Sunday. It was like the world had come to an end for me. I it was terrible. Whoever takes those tickets today, I hope that you'll sit in those stands and that you are a prayer warrior, and that you will, you will intercede. Make the most of your time. The way you say hello, the way you say goodbye, the way you say goodnight, the way you make your schedules. I started by talking about this in the beginning. Your calendar. It should be like the next thing to your Bible. How you make your schedules. And listen, leave room. Leave cushion. Leave margin in your schedules. Do not do what I have done for most of my life. I schedule everything right up. To the second with no margin. No, I know I need to be here at two o'clock, so I plan on showing up at what time? Two o'clock. Don't run your lives that way because when you run your lives that way, you're always in this hurry and in your brain, even when you're not in a hurry, you feel like you're in a hurry. And so when you go to connect with your spouse, you're in such a hurry that you can't meaningfully collect because your brain is just going crazy. Leave margin in your lives. It's really important. Coat your life down with time, like WD-40, and let it protect. Let it cause your relationship to be rich and to be full. I got a couple more lessons here for you. First of all, the lessons, work less. Work less. Derek said earlier, we, we are a really busy town, and we're working, and everybody knows this, people working longer and longer and longer and longer. And even though we're coming to all this great technology, it's not slowing the pace. We're just working more. 82% of Americans, 82% of us, take work with us on vacation. Now, I didn't want to ask you to raise your hand, but you know, if, if you were to ask me, you know, do, do I do that? Absolutely. I, I, I just, I worked over. I, I, I don't. I shouldn't. I'm not saying this is a badge of honor, but you know, went on vacation this year. I worked a lot. And that was terrible. We have got to find a stop date on the work and connect with our spouse if we ever hope to launch this rocket that God has given us. We've got to work less. We've got to spend less. We've got to spend less. We, we live in this consumer-driven, you know, got to have this, you got to have this, you got to have the new gadget that comes out, or got to do this, got to go there, got to take all these trips. And, man, trips are wonderful. I mean, yes, they're, they're fantastic. But you know what happens so often? We work more so we can spend more so we can have a better life. And you know what happens? We work more so we have less time with our spouse so we get a divorce and then we're broke because the lawyer has the money, right? Isn't that what happens? Isn't that ridiculous? Work less, spend less. Here's some things to do more. Eat more. Eat more. Now, I'm not talking about just sitting around and just picking out, although that's fun sometimes. 
uh, I'm talking about just stop and think about the times maybe in your life. I can think of my own life, the family times that we had that we just like stopped and it was family time around the table. And I can remember that all the way back to when I was a kid. Wonderful times. But you know what's so popular today is fast food. McDonald's, everybody, is the number one buyer of beef in the United States of America. McDonald's. I didn't even know that was beef they were buying, but they're one of... <laughs> Number one, but do you realize worldwide, worldwide, the golden arches are more recognized than the Christian cross. Americans will spend $110 billion on fast food this year. Fast food. Don't buy into that. There is, there is something special. He's excited already. There's something. Talking about his McDonald's, he's upset. Uh. As you read through the scriptures, everybody, there is something special. And you get that clearly from Jesus. You get that clearly from the Bible about sitting down and having a meal. About stopping together and having a meal. About connecting. About communing. Do that. Do that. Don't eat your food so fast that you're just, you you know, your body can barely keep up with the pace that you're throwing it in. Eat more. Sleep more. Sleep more. Over 30% of us get less than six and a half hours of sleep a night. Now, some people, you know, well, my body just doesn't need more. Well, your body might not need it, but your brain does. Your brain is like a computer. You know how every now and then you need to go through your computer and clean up your hard drive? Yeah, you need to make, you know, delete some files and defrag or whatever, all those kind of things that the computer people do, right? Your brain is the same way. And unless you're getting a full eight hours of sleep at night, your brain can't go through and put all those files in the right places. This is proven. So you're just going to feel like you're in this, you know, because the brain is not working right. It's, 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 it's trying to figure things out. We need to eat more. We need to sleep more. How about this? We need to play more. Gosh. Everybody in your marriages, please, do these last two things. Play more and laugh more. Play more and laugh more. It is so necessary. These are very practical steps. Marriage is awesome. It's it's fantastic. Uh, Krista and I, we have now been married 24 years. She's hung in there 24 years. Okay. Thank you. But, but we went. It was our 20th anniversary, obviously four years ago, and uh, we went away for a whole week, just the two of us. We had the time of our lives. We didn't go with some kind of schedule. We just went away to some place where we just hung out with each other. That's all. We just hung out. We weren't like taking tours, signing up to do this or that, nothing. It was just the two of us. It was so fun. It was like a whole bunch of our best dates that we ever had together all piled in to, to seven days. And I thought to myself as we were there, I thought to myself, it doesn't get any better than this. I could not be any happier in my life than I am right now. It was so fun, us, just connecting. That's after 20 years of marriage. It takes some work, and it takes some maintenance, but it's really, really important. Okay, I don't want to switch gears on you for just a second. Totally switch gears. Uh, I had a thought that hit me after last week's service, and it came on so strong, and um, I, I had to do it, and so you're getting ready to see it. We, uh, we made a video, and uh, I hope it works. Anyway, uh, let me tell you where this whole thing came from. This idea actually started in a hospital room two weeks ago. 
I was asked to stop by Arlington Hospital to visit a man that I had never met. Uh, his daughter and son-in-law come here to Grace. And uh, so before I stopped by the hospital, he was hours away from death. And actually, after I had left the room, he had survived about two more hours, and he died. And he was, he was not that old, and he was healthy. But uh, just all of a sudden, some illness came upon him, and within days, he was gone. So before I went to the hospital, I read the blog they put together about him. They put this blog together. Boy, it was so touching. It was uh, the dad was a real mechanical type of guy. He worked for Ford Motor Company, and um, the daughter is a doctor. And she was talking about she was trying to fix a washing machine one day, and you know, obviously she's very smart, and she's figuring this out. She's online. She's working hours and hours and hours, and finally dad shows up, you know, unannounced. Oh, you have a problem, and he fixed it. Well, you know what? That was kind of the sentiment over and over. Dad was always there. And dad, all he wanted to do for his wife and his family is just serve them and make their lives better and to love on them. And when I walked into that room and, and that wife was crying and the two daughters were crying and the two son-in-laws were crying and they were expressing their love for this man, something hit me so hard in that moment. This was a great man. I don't know him at all. But this was a great man really great man somebody said to me after last week's service and for those of you here you know what we talked about last week and they said after this after the message was over last week i went straight up to my husband and said to them i am so glad that i'm married to you men take a lot of hits in this world you know we're insensitive we're kind of buffoons we're uncaring you know we take lots and lots of hits but this is what i want to say to you today most men are great men. Most men are great men. Most men are good men. Maybe that little dirt needs to get knocked off of us here and there, but most men are great men. Last week we showed you that video, that great video about, you know, why get married. You remember the one lady who said, never. All men are losers. They're all losers. I thought, no, they're not. They're not losers. There's two reasons why I want to show you this video. Number one, number one reason, guys, I have done lots of messages about women. They're the crown of creation. They're God's crescendo. I have never once talked about from the Bible how men are great. Never. And you know what? Nobody's cried out for it. Nobody, nobody said, hey, you've talked about women being great. You've got to show the other side. When I ran this idea about doing this piece about men being great, some people said, well, I don't, you know, hey, man, hey, you know, if you're going to do one side, you better do the other. Nobody said when I did about women, oh, you've got to do the other. Nobody said it. Nobody said boo. Guys, I want to do this for you. Because in your heart, most every single one of us is a great guy. We're all created in the image of God, and it's in there. Gold is in there. It is in our hearts. It is in our hearts to be that prince, to be that knight. Now, some of you guys, when you leave here, you're going to have, you're going to have a, a, a wife who says, you know what? She's going to pull you aside. She's, I want to say something to you. I want to say something to you. And for a lot of us guys, some of us guys, oh, yeah, go ahead. Tell me how great I am. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? There's a lot of us guys who will say, no, no. Uh, it's, I, you know, don't say it. Don't say it. That's kind of my reaction anytime my wife tries to say, John, I want to tell you blah, blah, blah. You have to receive it. God convicted me of this one time when Krista was saying something to me. He said, you know what? On some level, you're dishonoring her by not receiving it. So for you guys who 
things. The woman in your life is going to pull you aside and say, I got something I want to say to you. You must receive it. Okay? That's to the guys. Ladies, I have spent many, many hours over the past couple months in conversation with single ladies. And something has really just hurt me deep in my heart. This is what I've heard. Not so much with the words. This is what I've heard in my heart. The dream is gone. I want to have a dream of meeting the knight in shining armor. I want to have the dream, the fairy tale of Prince Charming. It will never happen. There's only frogs out there. There's no princesses. Ladies, I want you to listen to this. And I want to tell you what you're getting ready to see here on the screen. So many ladies who are going to speak on this screen. and We didn't put it all in there. So many of them said, there are a lot of princes out there. There are knights in shining armor. They're all over the place. Do not buy into this bogus idea that all the knights have already married and all that's left are frogs. Don't buy into that. I want you to dream again. If you're a single woman here and you've given up on the dream, there are two things I'm desperate to accomplish today. To lift up men and for single women to dream again. Okay? All right. David, can you turn out the lights? Let's roll the tape. about your super guy? I mean, I wrote down why he was awesome in case I forgot. <laughs> Is he perfect? No. Can be a jerk sometime? Yes. But he's a good okay. man. He's a good man. <laughs> Can you see the sparkle in my eye? Yeah. <laughs> right. There's a lot of reasons why I love McAdoo. I'm McAdoo. <laughs> he was a grand man. And he just is an amazing human being and a wonderful partner. Just the person that he is, just the man that he is. He is um, a godly man of, of just so much integrity. He's a wonderful person. In fact, he's probably the best person I know. He's just wonderful. He loves me. He honors me. He is committed to me. He keeps me as a priority in his life. He is such my exact perfect compliment. Just the way he is, um, his humility, just a servanthood, really like breaks me and so he really touches me. For me, he's really good because he tries and he cares. And um, he's a better person than I, I am. Steadfast and loyal and accepting and honest and long-suffering and dedicated and determined and respectful and gentle and forgiving. He makes sure I'm happy. He makes sure I'm happy where we're at in our relationship. He is my best friend and um, he's my support and he's my, he's my knight. 
biggest word that comes to my mind for my knight in shining armor is um, the power of belief. And Tom, my husband, taught me how to believe in myself and in other people. He's consistent through any storm that we find ourselves in. And uh, he never lets me leave. Jimmy always put his family first. The father that he is, he always talks to his children and loves his loves on his children and he's always there for them. The best way for me to tell you about Brandon is to share this poem that he wrote for me. Um, and it's called Our Family. He gave it to me on Mother's Day. As a family of six, life is hectic, but pretty perfect too. Each night on my walk with Jakey, I thank God for leading me to you. I love that part. When I first met Roger, my husband, it was at a conference in D.C. here. And I was not impressed with him whatsoever because he comes up to me like the biggest bravado of, you know, a cocksure rooster. Hi, I'm Roger Lotz. Nice to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. I'm going, oh my God, just please get away. First of all, I, I was a little skeptical when we first got into a relationship. I mean, I met him at my Christmas party. His sister was my roommate. And he not only wore the most ridiculous white suit that only a pimp could wear. He also tap danced, scuffed up my entire wood floor, broke a lit candle, almost lit the house on fire, and then sang karaoke in Axl Rose's voice um, for like two hours. When Dave came into my life, he was not what I expected at all. And probably if we'd been doing match and saw each other on there, we wouldn't even have talked. And God brought me a man better than I ever dreamed there could be. He later asked me out, though, and I, um, I thought, okay, so he's probably not an axe murderer, and we'll go see the city and uh, maybe have a nice dinner. He had planned dinner and dessert and dancing at three different places. And um, we went and we had a wonderful time and he was a perfect gentleman. Not at all what I expected him to be. You know, the thing was, he treated me like a queen. He treated me better than anybody ever had. And most of the time, he still does, so that's a good thing. Um, so over time, he's given me all these cards. And I have more at home, but I forgot them. And he likes to give people funny cards, like dolphins. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but he gave me dolphins. He told me they're peaceful, and that's why he gives them to me. And then for our honeymoon, he gave me a Bert and Ernie card, like from Sesame Street, and I said, why did you give me Bert and Ernie? And he said, because we're roommates now. The thing about all these cards is the fact that in every single one of them, Mac writes, why God loves me and he encourages me with godly words. I mean, these cards are jam-packed with words and they're all about God. And they're all about building me up with God. And that's what makes him great from good. He's a good, good man, but he's a great man to me because he chose to love me. So. And that's a tip for all those men out there, too. So if you choose to love someone, then you jump from good to great. A man that is strong and not weak 
is a man that can listen to others and listen to God and accept his teachings and then act on them. And Tom fights to do that every day. And he teaches us and his kids to do that every day. I was going to say something, too. I was just going to say something about... Okay, well, if I want to, I just, I just want to remind all the men in the congregation that there's nothing sexier than a man who does his own laundry, knows how to put his dishes in the dishwasher, and actually vacuums. He just met, told me the other day that what he does, like, the reason why he's, he exists is to serve God and to serve me. And I didn't know that. I cannot imagine, I never would have thought that I would have this life with him or be with somebody who could just, just want to win in a personal aspect day in and day out. And that's why I love him. What is he to you? He is my fill in the blank. He is my wife. My life. For someone to say, I just want to make you happy is... It's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a really, really, really beautiful thing. He gave me a business card on my, our first date. And the business card says on the back, it says, I have not, will not ever lie to you. I carry it in my wallet. And you know what? He's never lied to me. And we've been married five years. And that's my journey. Um, I hope you're not too embarrassed by this, Richard. <laughs> I love you. And... Um, Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for men today. We thank you for guys who are created in your image, who love, who serve, who are loyal, who who aspire to be, though maybe we haven't had the best examples of that, we don't always know how to do it, but we aspire to be those knights in shining armor. God, I pray that you would help us to achieve what you have placed in our hearts. I ask your blessing upon every single man here today. just like the scripture says I pray God that you would bless us and you'd keep us that you'd make your face to shine upon us that you would lift up your countenance upon us and grant us your peace and your strength through Jesus Christ our Lord Amen